How's it going? Oh, me? I'm great. Is there someone else on the call? <laughs> There's always the NSA. They're always listening. Hello, agents. Hi. Um, terrorism. Um, exploding bomb. Um, anything to get this flag, to get this podcast. Assassination. Their... Yeah. Plots. Just get this podcast in the ears of the NSA because, you know. A listener is a, a subscriber is a subscriber. I, you know, the numbers, I can't tell the difference between a security professional and an, an earnest fan. So like, like subscribe and arrest. Me. <laughs> please stop me from making content. Please, please, please. Uh, yeah. So how are you doing? This is um, out in New York. It's a kind of gloomy, humid Sunday afternoon. How is it in L.A.? Uh, I'm not in LA. I'm in Davis, California, oh, which okay. is uh, a little bit a uh, little bit slower, a little bit hotter, um, a little bit cuter, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, just try to stay out of the sun. So same deal. Yeah. Well, it doesn't take much to be cuter than LA. <laughs> um, but I'm glad you're not there. I thought you were. Um, that would be horrible. Um, <laughs> I, whoever, anyone who likes LA out there, I power to you it's just not for me um, but oh you... i love i love it and i'm moving really? back soon oh no <laughs> what do you... okay what do you love I about just... la sell me on la uh i i think i like that uh there's no pretension about what a sellout everybody is okay i have heard that and that does sound appealing to me um because obviously new york that is one of sort of the major features of it and uh street tacos Oh, yeah. Those, those are the two things. We have street tacos. New York? Sure. Maybe? Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> we have street I think there's, yeah, there's like street falafel, exactly. That's almost That's the, the closest same. equivalent. Yeah, it's a still sandwich. Um, yeah, but you used to live here, right? Yeah, I lived in New York for eight years. Wow, were you so you're not from here? Where did you grow up? Uh yeah, so I grew up just across the river in Jersey. Oh. And moved to New York after college and uh yeah, you know, it was a great facilitator for alcoholism and <laughs> uh you know, I've loved fighting with my crazy supers and landlords. Yeah. Uh and then uh yeah, made made the coastal leap and uh I don't think I can go back to a place without legal weed at this point (laughs) yeah oh my god i i forget about that i was looking up some of these like weed products um made by this company foria i don't know if you know them oh uh i have a bottle of the lube oh amazing Um, there's a really great story by um god i forget her name um but just someone who drank a whole bottle of it yes it's on it's on vice i remember that yes yeah um, I'll post a link to it in the show notes, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. But I, it seemed like a really bad idea. But um, oh, chugging it is a terrible idea. Don't. But if you you know if you use it for kind of like oral sex, and then you you know you kind of slurp a little bit of it up, you get a great buzz. Oh my god! Yeah, I never even thought of that. Um, yeah. That's yeah, wow. But the thing is, you can't order it here. <laughs> yes. So they sell something. Out, like they sell something online that is just CBT based, um, which I guess is legal, but it's like not that good stuff, you know? Right. You want the THC. You do. I, I, I did. I Well, again, for the, any NSA agents listening, I did mail a bottle of it to a friend in New York who desperately oh. wanted some. Oh, my God. So yeah. It, it, can, it can be done. Yeah. Hook me up. Until, you know, this the SWAT team kicks down my door. Worth it. Worth it. You're doing a public just service. To get, just to get, yeah, just to get people's pussies high. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. Yes. I mean, just any body part, really. Mm-hmm. Just experiment. Um, get your ears high. Get your nose high. I mean, I guess that's a thing already. <laughs> uh, ears, not so much. Wait, do you? can you shoot heroin into your ear? Is that a thing? It's worth a, seems like it's worth a shot. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, but California does have some appealing aspects to it. I lived on the West Coast for a while, and so I got some of that. Like, I lived in Seattle, and there's a lot of coastal uh, migration <laughs> up and down. Mm-hmm. And um, 
It's nice. I, I think I'm the opposite in that I lived in Seattle and then moved here, and I don't think I could go back to the West Coast. Really? Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I left it. It's beautiful. You're sort of like out on the edge of the country, but I, I don't know. It's just so small in comparison. You have to be kind of, on the West Coast, you have to be kind of like chill with oblivion too, because yeah. at some point, a giant earthquake is just going to drop your house on your head. Yeah, I actually, so I saw Angels in America yesterday, and there's a line about San Francisco um, being all the more beautiful because of the precarity that it's constantly in. That, uh, I think San Francisco is my least favorite. It's awful. On the coast. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. So but, bad. oh my God. Okay, I hate to, I'm just kicking the shit out of California. I'm dragging its name through the mud. Um, I respect health. I respect, um, I support people's choices to live there. I just don't understand them. I'm still learning. Um, but <laughs> San Francisco is the worst. I mean, I'm sure it used to be better, but I hadn't been there until like 2013. And yeah. it, it was repugnant to me. It was anathema. Just like the sheer takeover, the scope. Like people always talk about it, but until you go there, you don't see like how tech has just like gobbled yeah. up the whole city. And lots of other urban areas have a way of disguising the gentrification that San Francisco has. In a way, it's more honest, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> that they've just built all this stuff on uh, <laughs> right on top of homeless people. Yep. Yep. And uh, I do recall, you know, of course, it looks nice from a, from a distance. I recall being in like the park where you get the view of the, the house from Full House. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And some drunk guy wandering past and yelling. I don't think he was on the phone. I don't think he was even with someone. He was just yelling, nowhere else do you get fistas like these. Vista. <laughs> and he just was like, just ranting about vistas. And, you know, in a, in that light, yeah, it's a great town. Great vistas. It's, it's Buena Vistas. Mm -hmm. um, Vista isn't a word that I use much and I don't hear used much in New York. No. We don't have there vistas. Are, vistas are illegal there. Yeah, they've been banned. Uh, weed and vistas. No, the West Coast phenomena only. And uh, uh, tra trains also outlawed. Trains? Yeah, well, the MTA. Oh, they're, yeah, uh, yeah. They're just shutting They're just, they're packing it in. They're systematically it all down. tearing it apart to build <laughs> some kind of, I don't know, monolith or something. Oh, is, is Elon Musk... Yeah, involved. yeah, he's he's in on it. Um, he didn't actually, so he's keeping it on the down low, like that whole, um, you know, donating to a Republican super PAC. Uh, <laughs> you know, he wants to project the face of, you know, the fun-loving Grimes dating Elon Musk, who yeah. leaves his garbage in Thailand, um, his fucking digging robots <laughs> that he's just like, you can keep this. Um, my friend, <laughs> my friend Pat Gill uh, actually had this great tweet about, God, that is a horrible sentence um, or a horrible way to start a sentence. There's this great tweet about, um, but it was just like he quoted the Elon Musk thing about leaving his robots there. And he's like, me, when I bring some fucking shitty beer to a party and <laughs> leave them instead of taking them because I don't want to take them home with me. Oh, but yeah, I mean, imagine trying to reclaim your like six Bud Lights that are still left in the <laughs> In the, just rattling around in the giant eighteen pack, It'll like just be there forever. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a nice thing. Yeah, I I, mean, I, at least at least when I'm hosting, I love having shitty beer left over. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's one of the joys of hosting. Uh, someone the other night left a bottle of rum at my place, and I was really worried about that because I just if I start drinking rum, I think it's going to be a problem. And then <laughs> just straight rum. Thankfully, they came back and finished it. <laughs> like uh, this, the oh, next day. Yeah, like maybe a couple nights after okay. we were, oh, we were mixing it with uh, blood orange diet coke. I didn't which, know that uh, was a thing. I don't know. It's just yeah, Captain Morgan and blood orange diet coke. It works. I mean, does it? Diet Coke, zesty blood orange. This sounds like a fucking disease. 
I'm sorry, you've got it's, diet coke. It's a it's a sexually tra- it's a sexually transmitted soda. <laughs> oh my god. The fucking history of like bizarre soda flavors. Like, did you ever try Pepsi Black? Or no, Coke Black. What the fuck is that? It was no, just spelled B L A K. It was coffee flavored Coke. Oh, that's a nightmare. Sold in a metal bottle. That's amazing. It was well you know like it's south of the border you can get like the cuba libre like you could just get the alcoholic uh you can get the rum and coke in a can it's amazing oh my god yeah god i don't know i think it's it's like you know america is like way behind in a lot of respects and i think that's one of them yeah what getting uh just canned alcohol canned hard Hard liquor. Yeah. In uh, England, you can buy like canned GNTs and just like drink them on the train. Oh, yes. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I I don't have a lot of great things to say about London, but the uh, drinking in public culture is is wonderful. You're a fan? I had a a friend there who would open beer bottles with his his, like back molars. Like he'd, he'd shove a beer bottle in there and twist off the top. And I usually would ask that he not do that but he was pretty insistent at least it's not eye socket oh have you seen that <laughs> no i've it's heard of horrible. this horrible <laughs> horrible it's or like at least it's not biting through the top of a can like just <laughs> tearing it off not, like a can opener seen. well i've only seen the la beast do it but it can be done holy shit just tearing off the top of a coke black he, he initially tried yeah he initially tried to in this video he was like i'm gonna try and shotgun these beers and but he didn't use a nail he was trying to puncture them with his thumb which okay. i don't think anyone's ever done that but then he just resorted to tearing like using his teeth like a can opener <laughs> and just tearing the top of it off and drinking from this like serrated edge um it was i mean it was a mess but um yeah we never had really interesting soda flavors when I was a kid because I grew up in Canada and we were so so um you know just bereft of junk food we didn't have all of these amazing things so whenever we came down to the states like we would go to Buffalo a lot and um I would always be so excited about cherry coke because we didn't have cherry coke I think it's still really hard to find there and yet, you know, that's interesting because I think that uh, the Canadian potato chip scene right now seems pretty robust. I mean, I was glad we got the all-dressed chips. Those are amazing. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Americans, I, I think I only learned this a couple of years ago, but like Americans go fucking wild for all-dressed and ketchup chips. And all-dressed are pretty good, I guess. Ketchup is just like, it's not my go-to. Oh, like, I, I wouldn't go there. Yeah. It's not. So do you do you have dill pickle chips? Is that a thing? At this point, we do, yeah. Okay, so you've caught up in that respect. Yeah, well, the uh, I'm part of a private chip group on Facebook. I don't know if you know this about me. <laughs> I uh, can't tell if you're being serious or not. Oh, I total, I'm totally serious. Okay. Um, it's it's called getting chippy with it. Um, <laughs> I totally recommend anyone friend <laughs> me on Facebook and join the group. Oh, uh, I need to make a Facebook account just for those. <laughs> uh, so we share. Um, you know, different bags of chips that we're eating. I'm trying to cut back on chips mm-hmm. overall because, uh, you know, I'm yeah. like getting fat off them. But the, yeah, so um, we were excited about the all dressed chips. And generally, if anyone goes to Canada or like another country, that's like a bonanza for the group. They're like, check out these chips I got in Switzerland or whatever um, that are like gravy flavored, you know, yeah. just, just whatever nonsense. And uh, I think, yeah, America is a little troubled because for a long time we just had like sour cream and onion, sour cream and cheddar, and uh-huh. that was kind of it. But I think now with like, I think Zaps is like one of the, that's like the New Orleans chip. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've had those. Those are fantastic. I, have. I think, yeah, the Zaps voodoo chip is unbeatable. That's like, that's like if all dressed were a really good chip. Yeah, my chip, my chip uh, experience growing up. Um, to sort of tie that into the the Coke or soft drink thing was that, you know, we just had barbecue. We just had all dressed. I mean, we had a range, I guess. We had jalapeno. We had like salt and vinegar. Um, but then my 
family would occasionally like go to England because that's where they're from. And they would bring back these, like they call them crisps, I guess, because they're mm -hmm. precious. Um, <laughs> because chips are fries. Chips are fries. And a lift is an elevator and a lorry is a truck. And, <laughs> and a queen is... Is a royalty instead of... <laughs> Yeah, um, instead of Andrew Garfield in Angels in America, which, God, <laughs> fuck that. It was just a mess. Um, but, yeah, so they would bring back things like, uh, like yeah, the cheese and onion crisps, which were really good. Uh, although England has that fucked up obsession with prawns. So, like, yes. they'll do, like, a prawn sandwich, and they also do, like, prawn chips, which I've never tried, and I have no desire to. All the uh, there's there's kind of like a Japanese specialty mart in town here, and they've got a bunch of wacky chips, but half of them are shrimp flavored. Mm -hmm. And I guess at some point I'm just gonna have to bite the bullet and try shrimp chips. But you have to for the I'm not for the chip group. Yeah, for the for the chip group, got to do it. I know someone who occasionally imports uh, limited edition chips from Japan. Um, just like they'll have like Halloween Cheetos that are shaped like bats and are like white or something and he just can't help himself and uh i love seasonal junk food it's like just a whole culture now and mm -hmm. i'm sure i've said this on the show before but like the variety of flavors of oreos that exist now is just like my god yeah it's that like that's, is that's what what late capitalism is getting us um so you know that's one thing in a yeah flavor. like a pumpkin pumpkin spice oreo we're like uh cherry coke flavored oreo like i know their whole thing is like you need to buy a whole bag because we want to sell whole bags but just sell i'm not gonna buy a whole bag of any of those sell me you, you a sample get, you pack want lucy, you want lucy's no <laughs> just like illegal lucy oreos no i want a sampler i want a flight of oreos oh that's that's um, really smart yeah it's probably a manufacturing challenge if anything i They're bet trying to it is it just give me a sleeve of like yeah like a tasting set the variety pack but uh, the fact, this is, I think, the thing I've said on the show before, but the fact that birthday cake is a flavor in America is just <laughs> kind of, to me, that's America. Like, that's emblematic of this country, that birthday is, cake is a flavor. Yeah. Is it uh, kind of like a funfetti flavor? Yeah, it's, it's like a buttercream. It's vanilla, right? It's like a buttercreamy, like, sprinkles. Yeah. It's a good flavor. But the birthday cake Oreos are really good. Have you <laughs> ever had have you ever had wrap snacks? No, what are you those? have them there? They're like chips like named after rappers. I don't know if they're like I'm sure oh, they wow. are licensed. How do I not know about those? I'm sure they're licensed because they use their likenesses like on the cover, but um there's a bunch. There's like Amigos one, uh there's um i don't know i've had and they're different flavors the different yeah rappers. the best one i've had is fetty wap uh which is honey jalapeno oh hell yes it's very good i think they might only be here but i'm not sure all right well i'm moving back that's yeah it. i mean that's right um Gotta have the no 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 chips. no we'll do it we'll do a trade i'll send you wrap snacks and you can send me the illegal weed lube the weed <laughs> and i'm sure wrap snacks are illegal in california too so we're both taking a risk on this yeah and you'll and you'll uh you'll spray a little on each chip before you <laughs> eat it spray some of that flavor juice on it um <laughs> like that old weird i'm sure fetty's done it i'm sure like because he's a fucking pioneer legend um you know, the chips, I, we're talking a lot about chips, and so we can get off this in a bit, but <laughs> I'm actually disappointed, like, whenever I go into a bodega, the, or, like, even, a like, a grocery store here, there's just, like, a lot of shitty chips. Like, Uts? Yeah. I don't fucking care for Uts. I know some people really like them, but they're, like, just crumbly garbage to me. That's a regional thing. Yeah. Like, someone, someone from Maryland would be very offended to hear us say that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't get it. Um... Oh, have you ever had Moxie? No. It's a flavor of soda. And actually, it's not named after the term. The term okay. is named after the drink. It's that old? Yes. So we're talking like turn of the century. We're talking, like yeah, 1900 like 1876. 
that's so oh so we're on like yeah so it's like on a sarsaparilla level yes absolutely um it's so weird and i know a lot of people don't like it it's like definitely like a new hampshire kind of thing but it's i love it it's so good and i found it in seattle so um you might be able to get it out there what does it taste like i can't even describe it it's kind of bitter um it's the closest like profile i could compare it to is like a quinoto um if you've had like a brio or something like that i have never had any of these things i just feel i feel completely completely ignorant right now you haven't lived but um a brio soda is like a um uh what is it made with it's like the same thing as that liquor that you use to make a thing i'm (laughs) god okay i got it okay yeah um one second. I need to do this. This is great radio. Um, to the NSA agents listening, do you know what Merritt is talking about? <laughs> I'll get, I always forget the name of this thing. Um, whatever. Whatever. I'm, oh, Campari. Okay, God. It's like yeah. Campari is the same taste <laughs> as a Brio, but a Brio oh, so has... It's, <clears throat> it's like a Negroni soda. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's which, wild. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You can get it in Italian restaurants. Anyway, do you want to get off soda? Sure. Okay. So why did you move to California? Was it to work at Mel? No. Uh, so I was still working for a website called the daily doc when I moved. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was basically just being a little tired of New York, ready for a change. Had a lot of friends living out in LA and, uh, yeah. in uh, in some ways it was like just an attempt to get the fuck out of the particular apartment building. <laughs> with the superintendent um, situation yeah i had I had a crazy crazy super who's like uh you just kind of find any excuse to scream at anyone Fun. uh yeah and he was just like a he was like a terrible racist and everything too you know I, he, I didn't feel the brunt of that was he an old polish man <clears throat> no okay. uh you know i don't know where he was from originally uh i only ask because i know a lot of people who live in like north-ish central brooklyn and like it's a very polish neighborhood and um they have yeah green green point landlords yeah super polish uh no uh i was up uh in morningside heights okay uh right around like riverside church Mm um not a super polish area but just a crazy dude um and yeah, I don't know. It's funny because I didn't, I didn't really have a good enough reason to move to California. I just mm-hmm. kind of wanted to. I just, uh, I just did the secret and manifested it happening. That's amazing. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you have to. Uh, sometimes <laughs> you just got to do the secret. You got to do a vision board. Um, yeah, I don't know how that works. Is that what it is? A vision board? That's like that's a mood board is like on Tumblr. <laughs> a vision board is like the things you want to come true. <laughs> Um, yes i yeah. don't actually know how it works oh. that's well, that's why if i if i did it wouldn't be a secret oh that's it's true the yeah the book doesn't actually tell you it's just like man if you knew the secret you would be Your fucking would be set blown. but it is a secret so uh and it's amazing they managed to dry it out over like 200 pages but mm-hmm. it's just a lot of taunting um a lot of lording it over the reader and making it clear that they've used the secret to dupe everyone into buying the book. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. It's like just fucking layers. Master layers within the gears. Um, but you do work at Mel now. And that's right. I don't know if um, <clears throat> if everyone listening has or no, yeah, knows that you do because uh, we both write for that site, which is a men's magazine. Um, I mean, you are a staff writer. I am a freelancer. Um, but your work on there is so good. Like every oh, time I see a piece by you, I'm just like, oh, my. like it's either like something really bizarre, like the um, the Chad Virgin piece or <laughs> yeah. something really serious and important. And that's something I have trouble writing about. I mostly just write about bizarre stuff. Um, but that Chad Virgin piece was so good. Um, well, what you. was the term that you developed for? Are you talking was... about uh, the devil's Chadvocate? Uh, or... It was you had developed a term for someone who's neither Chad nor Virgin. Oh, oh, it was um, yeah. So it was like the incel dudes who yeah, get it, mad Chad about. or incel, yeah, yeah. So 
we were trying to debate there's kind of like a, a hierarchy where it's like chad is like the testosterone dude who is allegedly sleeping with tons of women and just throwing them out like trash and then the betas are like uh just kind of sniveling nice guys who like maybe hook up every once in a while and then mm -hmm. the the incels are the guys who just like aren't are not getting laid at all and then but there's not really like a term for uh at least within this culture for like a beta dude who fucks or is like in a relationship or just a cuck who fucks i guess is <laughs> something my editor alana has said um and yeah, so I went in there and was, like, just trying to ask. I was, of course, just being obnoxious in the incel community, which if you're going to be posting there, you should just be making their lives worse. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of asking. I described myself and said, you know, like, what's what's the term for me? They were not very helpful. They basically just yelled at me and said I was a low IQ poster. <laughs> um, How does that fit in? What is that? They're, uh, oh, uh, those, you know, there's, like, there's an interesting cross-section of just people who are kind of misogynistically toxic, also being obsessed with IQ. I feel like there's a Jordan Peterson connection in there somewhere. Um, but of course, Trump always goes on about IQ and stuff, too. Mm. It's like they they live for the idea of like a quantifiable intelligence. Oh, yeah, right. And uh, it kind of reinforces some of their racist attitudes as well, because they claim that white people have naturally higher IQs than other races and right you get, yeah you I get mean, into all sorts of fun stuff that way like race science yeah yeah like bell curve stuff um fucking classic of racist literature that's um, like a rich melange of like misapprehensions about the world just swirling yeah around. yeah it's and it's I liked that that piece it starts with like kind of a comical premise but then it ends on like this kind of worldview where you're either a Chad or an incel is like, it encourages you to think in like very bad ways. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't recognize that most people are neither of those things. And those things don't exist really. Um, and These dudes are so obsessed with archetype that yeah. they kind of end up lacking the vocabulary to describe the environment they encounter day to day. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so they they try to shoehorn everyone into one of these molds. And, yeah, uh, yeah, doesn't work at all. Yeah, it's like a form of thinking where you have an a priori belief, and you can find any way to fit things into that. And I am like, well, not sympathetic is the wrong word, but familiar with that kind of thinking pattern um, because. I have those kinds of issues, obviously not around those things, but when you have a really strong, intense belief that you feel in your gut that you know to be true, uh, no matter how much evidence is presented to the contrary, it's really easy to just twist it and fit it into uh, that worldview. And uh, so it's like con convincing people that that's not the case isn't about providing evidence, I feel like. It's about providing an alternative belief system that works that like has uh that can help them like live a less horrible life yeah that's why we have to make them socialists absolutely yeah i mean it's terrible like you know this is not this is old hat at this point in 2018 but like the whole like disaffected young white man thing like those are prime candidates like for socialism and I guess, I don't know. I mean, it didn't happen that way. Some of them did, but I don't, I think most of them were just like more attracted to uh, a theory that is more immediately gratifying. Yeah. And like libertarianism and zero sum economics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they, the incels kind of like in a way they kind of revel in being the losers in this like Darwinian hellscape. Like yeah. they just, they want it to be the case that yeah. they couldn't possibly do anything about their situation. Yeah. It's uh, like you are addicted to misery. Um, fun, fun guys. Fun, great guys. I was going to write a piece about um, like men's body image forums, which 
are far less. I mean, that might sound like a good thing, but it is not um, like <laughs> ever because basically they're they're full of these beliefs about yeah, like racial thinking, like racial racist, basically like beliefs um, and like ideas about facial symmetry and bone law, which if anyone isn't listening or anyone listening, hasn't heard of bone law before Jesus Christ. it's uh, you know what it is, right? No, I feel like I have an idea, but go ahead. Well, tell me what you think it is first. Bone law. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, th- these are like dudes who think that, uh, guys who are getting laid, it's just because like the shape of their chin or something. Yep, right? That's exactly yeah, okay. right. Yeah. The only thing that matters is the shape of your bone structure in your face. Yeah. And if, then they do like photoshops of themselves. Like if they had a stronger chin yep, or whatever. Yep. They, um, and it's like a chin, a chin maketh the Chad. Yes. A chin and jawbones. And a jaw or cheekbones and a jawline and yes. cancel tilt um, <laughs> is very important because that is a term that they are obsessed with and no one, literally no one else. Like I have been deeply immersed in like plastic surgery forums and like in that culture because I'm fascinated by it. And I've also like um, gotten into it in some ways, but like no one, literally no one <laughs> in those places have has ever uttered the term cancel tilt. That is something that they are obsessed with in like these spaces. And what it refers to is like the angle of your eyes. Um, So you want, according to them, for men, a straight line because a downward line makes you look tired and old and um, an overly high angle like makes you look feminine. Well, they're the experts. Yeah, They are. And like, it's so funny because they... I don't know. I was, I learned a lot about them and then I decided to kill the piece because I was like, I, first of all, this is like deeply upsetting to me. Uh, (laughs) And also I deeply fear uh, possible retribution. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) From Uh, the uh, cosmetic phrenology community. Yeah. Well, they overlap so much with, you know, all of these things, right? They're like a subsection of it. And some of those guys are I don't I don't, I don't believe in using terms like red pill because I feel like it just like uh neutralizes what is just like a fucking reprehensible worldview and like mm-hmm. using their terms is like speaking on their terms um but in the colloquial like red pills who are guys who are just like oh like feminists control the world and like we can take it back and stuff black pill do you know black pill stuff Yes, I've I've read a little black pill yeah, material. It's, it's like you can't do anything. The world is <clears throat> as it is, and all that matters is bone structure. And if you don't have that, you <laughs> might as well kill yourself because you're never gonna fuck. And uh it's you can't change uh women are just like the way they are, which is just they wanna fuck every Chad. And men are are actually kinder because they'll fuck a range. They won't just go for tens. Um, It's a lot. So, yeah, I was like, I don't want to publish this. (laughs) These uh, absolute nihilists of the Internet's phantom zone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even if you publish, I think we wrote a few days ago just about... uh, women were sharing their like scariest stories of like uh, the creepiest thing, quote unquote, nice guys have ever mm-hmm. done to them. And uh, that got like a ton of nice guy comments mm-hmm. from dudes who were outraged. It was like this exact grievance. Uh, yeah. And it was, you know, the stories were, uh, you know, platonic friend uh, says, Hey, you can crash at my place in my bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then is like, this is the typical one, right? It's like the guy who wants uh, the the woman to thank him for like not trying to sleep with her. Uh huh. Who's like, you know, you're lucky. I'm such a sweet, sensitive guy because if I were anyone else, you know, I might just try to rape you. But <laughs> but I'm me, so you're you know you're lucky. <sighs> and yeah, yeah. Or like even trying to block the exit to the apartment. You know, where's where's my goodbye kiss? You know, oh that kind of <laughs> just as a general, like putting aside those the 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 worst stuff, even just as a general philosophy, I don't understand the 
uh, trying to fuck by not trying to fuck philosophy. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's not how you get things done. Um, that's, that isn't, I mean, I don't know, like, I guess it's different for guys and like, you can't just be very forward. Um, I guess, I don't know, heterosexual culture isn't always like that, but it's like, that seems like the worst way. uh, I always wait to make, I always wait for the woman to make the first move. Uh, I mean, that's, I guess you kind of have to do that, right? Um, Well, you know why hmm? I can do, you know why I can do that? Why is that? My bone structure. Well, Yeah. Uh, yeah, God. And then uh, I feel like they were, they like rediscovered this bone stuff at some point or they, someone just like discovered it and like propagated it. And they're like, oh, this is the new gospel. Because prior to that, their whole thing was like, oh, women are feminizing men and like male models are just like these twinks. And like, that's not, that's not how you do it. You have to be, you have to have like a, a sculpted jaw. So let's, photoshop celebrities and take their jaw away and see how bad they look and then just like realize that that's all it is it's just some great hypothetical thinking yeah yeah it's wishful thinking too i mean maybe it's just the fact that you're a huge fucking creep but um there's no surgery for that so (laughs) yet yet we'll get there when they develop the creepectomy procedure i don't know yeah. Game it's game over for you has. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I love the guys who are like Oh, when they come out with sex robots, then women will be like totally screwed, but like not literally because everyone all these guys will just be fucking sex robots. And I'm like, "Do you not do you not realize that like the opposite the, the opposite scenario is much more likely?" Like not having to deal with a man to like get dick so many people i know would be like way on board with that like <laughs> that's the more likely scenario to me than like men going their own way or whatever so we're all just fucking robots we're all just fucking robots i mean so we're that's all like... we're all incels <laughs> we're all uh... incels now <laughs> when everyone's an incel no one will be an incel <laughs> that's the plot of the incredibles 3 <laughs> Oh, I'm going to have to see the second one to catch up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was there a lot of incel stuff in that? I didn't see it. I haven't seen any of them. Uh, I re- I think I remember seeing the first and hating it. I, I'll just go on the record as saying I hate Pixar overall. Yeah, I mean, fuck them, right? It's Yeah, it's it really does feel like a creepy extension of, like, old, uh, like, nazi version walt disney mm, wow um just weird objective philosophy and randian themes i think that toy story is one of the most so i don't usually say this about art but in this case i can't believe otherwise i think toy story is one of the most immoral films ever made <laughs> yes i'm do you I'm know why you. no tell me because it guilts children into being worried about the inner lives of their toys and children in my experience don't need any more guilt um no these you shouldn't grow up with guilt and responsibility like responsibilities towards your toys like maybe you can make the argument that like well invest like you know learning to take care of things and 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 whatever and imaginative play is great but like if you are like, oh, if this toy, if something happens to this toy, I've like wounded a living thing or killed them. Uh, that's horrifying to me. Yeah. And it's well, so this is interesting, too. I, I was bringing this up last night, but uh, so I've been doing this series, Bro Bibles for Mel, about just um, terrible mm-hmm. books that, you know, shitty ex-boyfriends love. Yeah. And uh, one of the recent ones I did was the Steve Jobs biography. um steve jobs obviously a monumental piece of shit but um there's a bit in there about pixar of course which he was ceo of and um it it talks about the origins of toy story and it's uh it's written as like oh it was born out of this belief that jobs and the other pixar guy shared 
that products have an essence and it like so it comes from this weird like fetishism for uh devices and toys and products and and which is the whole yeah the whole motivation for the movie is like the same thing that made steve jobs such a weird freak about like what color the iMac was like it's the same it's the same principles Um, that's horrible yeah so the not only is it that the toy has like this inner life but it's like the manufacturer of it has imbued it with the life like the design the product design is what gives it a personality and that's maybe the creepiest thing i've ever oh my god that is so it fits in so well with Apple's whole thing of not using a um uh the just calling the iPod iPod like in a sentence being like plug in iPod to do this and it's like <laughs> that always reminded me of something which I find is find equally creepy um of saying that about babies like oh take baby to this um like it's uh, I th- think they've maybe stopped doing that. Um, and I think Nintendo did that for a while too, when they were trying to sort of emulate Apple with the Wii and stuff. But, uh, Oh, that's uh, no, no, it's not a living thing. And no it's matter how thing. much we invest our essence in it, it's not alive. Don't just call it iPod. It's an iPod. It's a toy. <laughs> it's a baby, etc. Etc. And like you said, you know, I I already felt bad about leaving my teddy bear at home. Yeah, it's like it's going to be lonely without me. Yeah, didn't need to have that guilt added. Maybe I'm projecting here. Maybe kids. I mean, I'm sure most kids don't have this guilt thing, but I was a very guilty child, so um, I feel like Toy Story. Well, I think I saw it old enough that I didn't really have like toys anymore. But it, I think if I saw it younger, it definitely, definitely would have messed me up. Yeah, in much different I was, way I was than... ten when I saw it in the theater, so I was I was totally distraught. Ugh. And I'm, I was I was raised Catholic, so I feel bad about Ugh. everything already. Yeah, <laughs> it's just just another thing to worry about. <laughs> what What is the movie that you saw at an age that was totally inappropriate? Like Toy Story, maybe like like made you distraught but it's technically age appropriate is there a film that you saw like way before you should have seen it i don't i don't think so because my parents were pretty strict about that okay um i probably saw i probably you know i can't even think of like specific movies but probably like my cousins would be watching some gross horror movie and i'd just catch a bit of something and be Mm -hmm. (laughs) horribly scared i (laughs) I would also be scared of like movies that weren't scary at all. Like I remember going to a sleepover and being terrified of the movie The Flight of the Navigator, which is like a PG sci-fi <laughs> adventure. I, I don't know why. I was I just was... like something about the mise-en-scene or like the Spielbergian like slow reveal of whatever robot monster and I was like, oh, I can't handle this. I I empathize with that because I was scared of like TV when I was a kid because I don't know. I was like overly invested. Maybe, maybe I couldn't tell the difference between fantasy and reality, but like, you know, when a cartoon character got in trouble or like into a predicament in like a more action oriented cartoon, I would have to leave the room. I was so <laughs> anxious. And now today I don't do that anymore. But what I do do is on my annual rewatch of peep show, I desperately pray that Mark makes better decisions. And I believe oh, if man. I pray hard enough, that he will um deep in my guts that is my belief and he never does so you so you think mark can change but jez is like a hopeless case i actually i think jez has a better chance of of changing i think he has more growth over the course of the series than mark probably probably. mark fundamentally does not change um jez does grow up a little um and has some character development but um, it's hard it's hard to watch jez kill the dog that is unbearable That is, yeah, I have to skip that episode usually. <laughs> it's not, I can't with that. Um, it's too bad because a lot of the rest of that episode is It's top very tier. good, yeah. Um, I think but it's like, it's like the Futurama dog episode. You're like, oh. uh, I know, like, I know it's funny, 
But is it worth it? No. To experience? No, it's not. I mean, I think the Futurama thing is even harder because they're, you know, the Peep Show doesn't even try to make you like the dog. No, it's not even a character. It's just like a yappy dog. But uh, yeah, I can't, I can't handle the. Uh... Well, Futurama also got into that mode too of just trying to break your heart every single time. Like the 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 reboot episodes would do that, just like shred your heart for for fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God. Uh, well, um, to get off this this the depressing subject of dogs, um, tragic dogs that are just emotionally manipulative scenes in films, like a Pixar movie, like a Pixar movie with swells of music designed to just inflict certain feelings on yeah. you and then and just I, Ran- randy newman like singing a sad song i know losing all, your best friend all art to some extent is about emotional manipulation but i think there's a difference between earned emotional response and mm-hmm. unearned emotional response and one of the biggest ways to create unearned emotional response is through non-diegetic music yep. um like the randy newman stuff it's just artificial sentiment Maybe that's not true. Who knows? And and I think it disrespects Randy Newman's art. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. Well, <laughs> do you want to move on to the only segment that we do on the show? Sure. That is a segment called Get Wrapped. Get Wrapped. And it's a segment where we recommend things to our listeners. Um, and it can be anything. Uh, no pressure. It doesn't have to be anything big or weighty. It can be something really small. Uh, if you want to go big or weighty, that's cool too. Um, and I always leave it up to the guest as to whether you would like to go first or you would like me to go first. Um, I'll go first. Cool. Um, that way I won't have to follow a really good recommendation. Oh, it's not going to um, be good because I haven't thought of one yet. <laughs> so I, at first I was thinking about, I, I just, um, I just shaved for 4th of July. We were uh, doing like a ceremonial, like shaving me by the poolside with an electric razor just for fun. <laughs> and uh, as is the American tradition. Yeah. So we were giving me all kinds of goofy hairstyles, but uh, eventually we just went like landed on a mustache and I've kept it. And I kind of like the mustache, but, but not everyone can grow or keep a mustache or anything. So I, I think that's an unfair wreck, but if, so I'm going to wreck two things, but if you can okay. get a mustache, do it. Um, if not, uh, my recommendation is going to be something from the other secret Facebook food and beverage related thing I'm involved with. It's a group called Now Fizzing, which is a seltzer group um, for sharing seltzer recommendations and, um, you know, videos of yourself try- <laughs> trying trying a new seltzer flavor. Hey guys, got a new seltzer here today. We're gonna try yeah, a few. That's what it is. And uh, you know, the salt. If if you don't know, there's a ton tons of different kinds of seltzers out there. I think Lacroix has inspired a lot of people to go completely nuts with their flavor concoctions. But the best seltzer, the goat, as the now fizzing group calls it, is. A plain seltzer, it's not even technically seltzer, it's a, you know, like a carbonated mineral water. It's Topo Chico. Wait, what's the difference between seltzer and a carbonated mineral water? I have no idea. Wow, this runs deep. I love how in anything that people take for granted as just a day-to-day thing, there is someone, there's a lot of people who are deeply obsessed with it, even beyond sort of knowing what you would have to know to manufacture that thing. So like seltzer elevators are a big thing. If you search elevator videos on YouTube, there are people like who will film the like inner workings of elevators and discuss how they work. And there's a whole community. It's beautiful. So Topo um, is a, yeah, it's a mineral water from Monterey, Mexico. Mm. And I think it's the biggest in, it has the widest distribution in Texas for sure, but you can get it uh you, if you if you go to like um kind of like a mexican market uh or like a mexican grocery store uh they'll usually have it and it is just like the strongest fizz the oh, best bubbles i need that you, strong fizz you get it in you get it in uh 
glass bottles and if you like refrigerate the glass bottles and you ha- you have it on like a hot summer day it is the perfect beverage <sighs> so go out and get the Topo Chica that's my recommendation do you want to know my seltzer secret yes okay it's I didn't invent it but um what you do especially I love doing this if I'm at a bar but I'm not drinking um which may sound weird but it happens I will order a seltzer with bitters bits and bits and bubs. Uh, It's, it's like take, it's elevating seltzer to like, it looks like a fancier. It looks like you're drinking something. If that's something you're worried about and it tastes amazing. Uh, You just put like a couple drops of bitters in. I would just like, I have a bottle here that I sometimes use for making um, like Sazerac's and and old fashions, but like just, I mostly use it for soda now um, because it's like, yeah, it's like when you want something a little different from a regular seltzer, just a little kick. That's great. Yeah. I just I just got a bottle of bitter, so I'm gonna try it. Ah. Um do Did you, you that... call it bit, bits and bubs? Yeah. Can you order, yeah. Can you order, can you order no. it that way? No, 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 no. <laughs> um no. No. If that no. were if that were an understood order at a bar, I would be oh, very would inclined to say it all the time. Yeah. I used to I really hate when bars have like fun cocktail names because i'm like i'm not gonna say that i'm not gonna say that (laughs) so do you just you just point at the menu no i just don't order those cocktails even if they sound really good i'm just order something else because i you have to have standards and they all you know all the all the places that have tried to get into the craft cocktail game act like they invented the same three (sighs) things the uh whatever like gin and lavender honey syrup but you know it's 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 the same four to five drinks at every bar but each one has a different dumb name for it that's frustrating it's the worst which is why i just try to order iba official cocktails (laughs) but even that can be fraught sometimes i may have told the story a few weeks ago here but i ordered an old-fashioned which was a bad idea because most places don't know how to make it um, or no, it was a Sazerac. I ordered a Sazerac at a bar and um, she was like, yeah, sure. And uh, proceeded to pour a bunch of absinthe into a glass. Oh, dear. Uh, then pour a bunch of whiskey and uh, a little bitters and then drop a ton of ice in it. And uh, it was like, and served it in like a, I don't even know. Like it was a, a glass with a stem. I mean, and, that'll, uh, get, that'll get you fucked up. Yeah, but it was like, that's not, no, none of this was right. You didn't do any of this right. If I can do it, and I'm like, just an amateur mixologist, Chad, then why, how do you? I I really enjoyed the moment when like, I guess like they, they relaxed whatever law there was against absinthe and, uh. (laughs) In in New York, like this must have been like two thousand nine or something. Uh, so every bar was trying to do it, was trying to do yep. some crazy absinthe drink, and most of them had no fucking clue what they were doing. I mean, I don't actually know how, how it's supposed to work, but I do remember trying to order one for fun, and they tried to do the thing where they set it on fire and yeah, um, they, but you know, they did it wrong. They used the wrong glass. The entire thing exploded. <sighs> like right in front of my face and they were like huh that shouldn't have happened (laughs) oh god no kidding i guess yeah yeah, absinthe is like meant to be drank with sugar and also all the stuff about hallucinations are it's not true it's just it's just alcohol the reason people had hallucinations from it um was because all of the stuff that it was like made with um just like there was just garbage poison in there um but yeah, for like a Sazerac doesn't even technically have absinthe in it because you just swirl, you just rinse it, right? You rinse it with absinthe, yeah. and it gives it like this beautiful, um, like aroma. But you and a subtle taste, but like it's not this intense anise flavor. It's like, um, it's like when you order the martini and there's like and they do like fifty fifty vermouth. Uh, it's just <laughs> uh, <laughs> the worst. Yeah, so I don't know. At bars, at dive bars, I'll just order a like a beer usually because I don't want to risk it. Um, I did go in and order. Um, I was like, 
I went into a dive bar like weeks and weeks ago after, um, like I had had a pretty bad day and, um, I was like, can I just get like a whiskey, like not a shot, just like a, you know, rocks, like sipping whiskey. And he poured me an old fashioned glass full of whiskey. And he just, I guess, hadn't known what I was asking. (laughs) Um, I did drink the whole thing over the course of two hours, but it was just a lot of whiskey. By the end, it was just a watery mass. But um, yeah, so that's that's drink culture update. Um, I would sometimes, speaking of like ordering difficult cocktails, I've tried to order an Americano before and they're like, we don't have an espresso machine. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't. This is a weird drink to ask for. I'll just get a Negroni instead. But um, an Americano is very nice because it's basically a Negroni, except the gin is substituted for seltzer. Okay. Yeah. So it's good. It's good. Um, okay, but I'll do my rec now. I'm going to actually, I do have a good one, actually. Uh, two of my friends, Jay and Baru, do a... A podcast call, or not podcast a youtube show called film critters and it's this um film analysis show that's coming from like a very interesting perspective um it's not about just like so it's reading films in different ways like they the first episode they did was on fight club and how it's essentially a love story between the narrator and uh, Tyler Durden because there is like no chemistry. Like people think there's this love story between Marla and the narrator, but in the film right up until the very end, there is nothing. There's like absolutely nothing between them and between him and Tyler. There's a lot. And um, Chuck Palahniuk, when he was talking about the book, he was like, people described it as all these different things, but no one ever called it a love story. And uh, so they t- discussed all that. They do like some fun animations and stuff um, in between like stills and clips of the films. And their second episode is on the Silent Hill movie that came out in 2006. And I haven't watched it yet, but it's called An Apologetic for Silent Hill. I mean, it's not great, but it's not that bad. <laughs> so the they're, recommendation. they're amazing. Um, and everyone should go check that out. I will have the link in the show notes. So that about brings us to the end of the show. We got there. It went so fast. Yeah, it did. Um, Well, time flies when you're having fun or drinking rum or on the run. Being Um, spied upon. Being spied upon. Yes. Uh, Do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? Uh, No, I'm I'm a dark web. That's fine. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, uh, I, I do bad tweets at... They're under good my, tweets. Under my friend. own name. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no, we can't. We can't quote the dog rates guy anymore. Oh, he, is he's he... problematic now. Oh right, yeah. Did, did he? He what? He was going to donate stuff to Rain, and the people were like, "Don't do that," and he didn't, or something. Well, he's just like a. He's he's kind of like a millennial uh, marketer sociopath. But the, uh... the last thing he got in trouble for was uh, changing the names of the dogs that were submitted to something like whiter, like. He had a, like someone, someone had a dog that had like an Arabic origin name and he changed it to like George in the post. Why? And then then when people got mad at him, he said, uh, you know, the dog's name affects how many likes it gets. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I mean, follow, if you go above a certain follower count, your brain just disintegrates. Oh, absolutely. Um, So I'm hoping never, I think 30 might be in the danger zone. So I'm hoping yeah, you're not. Getting, you're getting up there. Everyone unfollow me. <laughs> Everyone unfollow me. Uh, yeah, I I do okay tweets under okay. my own name, Miles Clee. And then, I, yeah, I blog at Mel Magazine. And then I publish a couple of books, if you're really mm-hmm. ambitious. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is called Ivy Land, and the other is True False. They're just super weird fiction. Uh you know, it's it's for the completists, the miles. Yeah, the the, the miles Clee speed run, one hundred percent. Yes. Uh, um, usually, yeah. usually when someone tells me they've started reading one of the books, I totally relax because I know that's the last I'm going to hear about it. It's just like I'm ten pages into your book. I'm like, yeah, that's as far as you're going to get. So, that's cool. <laughs> so I, I challenge anyone to uh, to get to the end and tell me what you think. Cool. I think I will. 
But yeah, that is, that's the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, it was great to finally do this. Um, and yeah, go read Mel's stuff at Mel. It's very good. And uh, go read my stuff at Mel too, if you haven't. Um, it's pretty good. It's so, great. Thank you. Yeah, great. Well, I will talk to you later and have a great Sunday afternoon in California. Thank you. Have Thanks. a great New York day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Woodland Secrets is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>